Um, I'm Q. And I'm Jewish Dave. This is Bird Road. This is Bird Road. So, Dave, why don't you tell us what people should be doing? People should be following. Before we get started, before we jump into <laughs> this big episode that we've been meaning to do for a long time. Yeah, I feel like we've been. Uh, this has been on the back burner for at least a week now. But uh, yeah, everybody, yeah. before we get into it, uh, remind you to uh, follow, rate, and review. Check out birdroadpodcast.com because I know Q puts a lot of work into it. Also, follow us on social media at Bird Road Podcast. That's mainly just Twitter, but you know. And uh, get in touch with us. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, you can email us birdroad at allpointswest.net. Yeah, and bring your pets in. If they're hot, if you're hot, they're hot. That's you true. Know? That's true. Yeah. So, um, Dave, like I said at the beginning, <clears throat> we got a whole thing we want to get into. It's a many splendored story. I'm going to tell it to you in our classic fashion, and I'm going to hope that you, um, you know, chime in where you can and and kind of uh, just try to keep me honest. You know, some would call this a story boys episode. Easy. I'm not there yet. Okay. It it has been remarked upon, Dave, recently. Actually, I just saw this on Twitter the other day. Um, never in our country's history, and think about this. Um, never in our country's history has one of the main two political parties had its power and its influence so centrally and and just thoroughly concentrated in one state as the modern Republican Party has found itself centralized here in Florida right now. And as we say this, I want to mention that like we are, it's, it's Monday night, we're awaiting the um, George Floyd verdict. Mm-hmm. There's a new anti-protest law that just went into effect that we're going to talk about in a moment here in Florida that is going to... You know, obviously, uh, bear some, um, you know, attention as other GOP states try to pass similar anti-protest laws, similar anti-First um, Amendment laws. In you know how it is when these um, these kinds of uh, you know how it is when these kinds of cases sometimes have their verdicts and and it spurs national action. It's like it makes people freak the fuck out and get out in the streets and actually let themselves be heard here in Florida. It's a little up for debate now with the passage of that law this morning, what, what that'll look like. It, it could be something that we're not used to seeing something that looks a lot more like um, communist China, as they say. Sure. But um, anyway, more than Texas, more than like what else? Alabama, Mississippi, North Dakota. Today's GOP is the party of my state, the sunshine state. Donald Trump is the party's leader, its avatar, the Holy Ghost, and he has retreated, as we all know, from New York and taken up a residence at his like tacky room temperature shrimp cocktail resort, Mar-a-Lago. Mm. A number of the nationally known household GOP names are here too. Uh, you got, you know, former presidential hopeful, multiple-time presidential hopeful uh, Senator Marco Rubio. You've got Rick Scott, who used to be the governor, who's also the senator, uh, the junior senator now. And then our, our governor, Ron DeSantis, who's talked about very often when it comes to potential you know GOP presidents or presidential candidates in the future. We also have um, a lot of GOP rising stars. You've got the Latinas for Trump lady, who happens to be my state senator. I'm Eliana Garcia. I'm running to be your state senator because You've for got me- the, the lady the who lied about Obama bankrupting her family. So in April of 2011, we found out that due to Obama's remodification program, we lost our cattle ranch. 
but who had actually gone broke because she spent a bunch of money on a luxury cruise. Mm-hmm. We have um, the elected Republicans who write angry letters to their $50,000 a, <clears throat> $50, a year Catholic school complaining that a Catholic school is becoming too socialist. So along with these rabid right-wingers, we also have the moderate Republicans. You've got the 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 congressional delegation from down here, Mario Diaz-Balart, Maria Alvira Salazar, Carlos Jimenez, and others kind of just like them. So we've got the Republicans who lie about vaccines, who pretend that COVID never existed, who pretend that climate change doesn't exist, who, who sort of like acknowledge climate change exists, but say that we don't need to do anything about it. Mm. We've got charter school Republicans. We've got legalized murdering protesters Republicans. We've got... Um, ideological purity tests for college kids republicans we've got um uh you know voter suppression republicans we we've got um we've got all of them we've got it all if the gop was a mad scientist florida would be the laboratory where it basically does all of its experiments yeah and i I mentioned I, i mentioned this a lot even though there are more democrats registered in florida republicans win every important election you've heard me talk about this a million times with the state Demo- Democratic Party that's in turmoil, um, Democrats have ceded ground, but there's no place in our country, which is already a ravenously right-wing country, where all of the neuroses and pathologies of conservatism all come together in this one big dysfunctional miasma like it does here in Florida. So why am I giving all this backstory? It isn't that often that all of those tendrils of republicanism come together to form like one twisted fat root that gives us a clear distinct portrayal of exactly what conservatism is and what the GOP stands for but for anyone following Florida politics and anyone who knows how to look between the lines we can draw a pretty clear line connecting all of it uh with some stories that again we've been kind of negligent in reporting or talking about um and that's what we're going to do I just wanted to drop in here that like we're going to use the word pedophilia as a catch-all for people trying to like do pedophilia and people who um, try to fuck 17-year-olds, like grown adult men trying to fuck 17-year-olds. And I know that technically there's this word of febophilia that is about, I guess, like trying to have sex with older kids, like teenagers, which I guess is supposed to be more permissible and like they don't want to be mixed up with with pedophiles of pedophiles i just wanted to say that like for anybody who actually can brings that up and can like can enunciate the difference between those two things they should at least be questioned they should at least yeah. be brought to a fucking police police station and, and talk to so i guess what i'm trying to say dave is we're doing another story boys episode like i said we've been delinquent and covering some of these more colorful scandals that have been popping off lately but it did work in our favor um we waited long enough and we're delinquent long enough that a lot more information has come out. And these connections that I'm talking about have become a lot more illuminated. Over the last four weeks, we've seen a collection of truly tragicomic scandals that have stretched from Miami all the way up to the tip of the panhandle and involve people at, at the highest levels of government, sham candidates, usurped Senate seats, ex-girlfriend drama, pedophiles, office fires, and cryptocurrency. But up until recent days, This collection of misfit political scandals had each kind of been like one-off stories until last week. Democratic Party, they deserve their own episode like this, but we're not really going to focus on them on this episode. They have a bunch of scandals and failures and incompetence and intentional failures, and a lot of people would say. 
mostly not going to talk about the Democrats today. Mostly going to focus on the GOP. Caveat, there are a lot of twists and turns, details. I may have omitted some things. I may have forgotten some things because a lot of stuff came out about all these stories. So if you think we missed an important detail in this saga, what can they do, Dave? How can they let us know? Just uh, get in touch with us on Twitter at Bird Road Podcast, or you could also email us birdroad at allpointswest.net. But uh, definitely let us know. So, Dave, are you ready to go down the rabbit hole? Let's do it. I'm ready. All right, let's do some story, boys. Part one the crypto pedo. As I said, Dave, we've got bad politicians here, but it is pretty tough pound for pound, to beat former Seminole County tax collector Joel Greenberg as a top-shelf bucket of shit. Um, <clears throat> now, I, I assume you don't know who this guy is, but I just wanted to include a picture on our outline yeah. to just get a look at the kind of guy we're talking about. Yeah, that about. very like, much helps. That, that helps me like get the full idea here already. So Yeah, yeah. Um, just Google Joel Greenberg and see the first picture that shows up which is funny because this is a campaign picture that he chose <laughs> to, like have of himself um greenberg a republican is a guy who is a florida guy and was always kind of a piece of shit growing up he turned into grew into kind of a fail son who hitched his wagon to the maga movement back when it was and he was already a grown man by then like a lot of vocal Trump supporters on the on the local or municipal level, he went from being this like blandly apolitical dude bro just posting on Facebook to a pretty significant player pretty quickly early on in the Trump campaign. He was elected tax uh, tax collector in 2016, beat out a political opponent who opponent who he was eventually charged with stalking, um, and that stalking charge uh, was not his only misstep while he was in office. Uh, here are a few headlines that I gathered from the Orlando Sentinel that document Greenberg's time as a tax collector. And by the way, Dave, I had to like go out of pocket to actually pay 99 cents for a Sun Sentinel subscription. So support local journalism, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, if you're not doing it, who is, right? Mostly nobody. Um, <laughs> so here are the headlines. Seminole County tax collector accused of impersonating police officer. Seminole County tax collector Joel Greenberg gives $3.5 million in consulting contra contracts salaries to friends and associates. Tax collector indicted, charged with stalking. Feds say Joel Greenberg falsely accused opponent of sexual misconduct. Uh, Greenberg regularly stole IDs, authorities, former tax collector, a thief until his last day in office. Pam Bondi, who was um, at the time the attorney general of, uh, of Florida, uh, Seminole tax collector Joel Greenberg and staff shouldn't open carry guns. Oh, okay. I don't know why your tax collector needs to be packing, I guess. But um, Seminole tax collector Joel Greenberg accused of soliciting hacker to attack county computers. Weird, nice. because he works for the county. Um, Joel Greenberg asks for professional courtesy after ticketed for speeding. Joel Greenberg's unusual real estate deal. Joel Greenberg to resign for... Uh, uh, no, uh, groups call on Joel Greenberg to resign for Islamophobic Facebook post. <laughs> Seminole tax co uh, collector Joel Greenberg budgets $106,000 on travel, much more than Orange Lake and Osceola, which are neighboring counties. And actually, in the case of Orange and I think Osceola, both bigger, significantly bigger than Seminole. Um, mm. Greenberg backs out of controversial deal to sell off branch offices. 
Greenberg resigns as Seminole County tax collector. Greenberg pleads not guilty to trafficking, accused of using state database to look up minors. Mm. Editorial. Good riddance to Joel Greenberg, Central Florida's worst politician. So that was Greenberg just sort of um, on the surface level, right? Mm-hmm. He, he, he got himself in trouble as somebody who was completely unqualified and also like not really interested in doing the job, I don't think, of, of tax collector. Um, really quickly, uh, he used his office to sign these contracts that benefited his friends and family. Uh, millions of dollars uh, from public coffers went into his own pocket. He paid thousands to this law firm that was owned by this guy named Anthony Sabatini. Who was Anthony Sabatini? People in Florida know who Anthony Sabatini is. He is the Florida state representative, the sitting Florida state representative, uh, best known for wearing blackface to multiple costume parties and being exactly the kind of guy who you'd think would wear blackface to multiple costume parties. Yeah, that, that, that'll, that'll work. My favorite story about, about Greenberg, Dave, is that he decided that he was going to start mining Bitcoin under the county's office and he started uh, uh, he he got like this you hear about the chicago police having like off-site like black site jails that people don't know about where they take suspects and fuck them up this guy mm-hmm. had a off-site black site tax collector's office that he just had computers set up running bitcoin i guess and it caught on fire and burned down <laughs> from all of the bitcoin mining because that shit is like super intense on servers yeah which that that'll be another conversation for another day i don't get that shit at all the way that that causes actual physical issues but bring continue. that up bring that up to like a bitcoin <laughs> person like the amount of energy and you will get the longest screed oh i'm on, sure on like why the dollar bill in your hand actually took way more energy or resources or whatever um <laughs> So Green Greenberg got into his office despite this history that we had sort of touched on in those in those headlines of uh, being really bigoted, really Islamophobic, white nationalist um, on social media. He was just one of those guys that you encounter like a troll on the internet. Um, mm. He paid thousands of dollars to this these people, Leslie Key and Robert Hoogland. Uh, they provided no work product for the county. And they basically work for or own a firm called MAGA Advisory Group. So he was just funneling cash um, to friends and family. And when a reporter got in touch with Robert Hoagland over the phone, he basically asked, like, what kind of work were you doing? And Hoagland said, and this is taken from a a political article, what kind of work were you doing? Uh, Consulting work, Hoagland said. Can you be more specific? No, Hoogland said. Uh, <laughs> you don't think the public has a right to know since you were paid with tax dollars? Uh, political and for marketing, or political consulting and for marketing, Hoogland rep- replied. So things finally came to a head when it came out that there were allegations about um, him, Greenberg, looking up girls, underage girls, using the state DMV database, basically, and like and hooking up with underage girls and trying to hook up with underage girls. Um so he also appeared to be setting up dates with women in exchange for monetary compensation that uh, came from all manner of illicit resources. More, on, We're going to get to that more in a minute. Um, mm-hmm. With all this history, Greenberg is now facing dozens of charges. He, he had to resign. Uh, he is part of this ongoing federal case that is getting lots of media attention. 
and seems to have new details of depravity every day. He, like I say, resigned back in June um, as those charges started to mount. And he's really fun for us to talk about on a show like this. He's a real character. Uh, he's he's kind of really, though, when you get down to it, just like another small-time crook. Like, just mm-hmm. like a, a tempest in a teapot. Not a, not a really big deal. What this story needs, Dave, is some elevation. It needs some prominence. We need a national hook to kind of take this story to the next level. Yeah. So, something that's going to, like, really dig it in and and give us something that connects with everything going on right now so that brings us to part two meet matt gates and dave as a non-floridian what what do you know if anything about matt gates uh I, I don't know that much about him, but I've certainly, you know, seen the headlines though about, uh, you know, some of, some of the stuff that he's been caught doing just recently. So my take on Matt Gates is this: it's that he is a perfect man for his time. He is the perfect avatar for the modern day like Fox News right. He's the perfect like hateable asshole for liberals to hate basically Mm -hmm. he's the perfect emissary for the own the libs crowd who don't even really care about republicans or the gop or any or or being conservative they just hate liberals and that's a lot of people out there right um he's sort of like an op dressed up as a congressman the congressman for florida's first congressional district um he was designed in a lab i think to hyper normalize this moment Matt Gates comes from a political dynasty. His dad was is Don Gates, uh, a Florida state senator, uh, former Florida state senator. And Matt basically took over the congressional district where his dad had staked out um, his time as a state senator up in the Florida panhandle. Just the fucking worst part of the state, by the way. It's pure garbage. Like, mm. If you're going to go to the panhandle of Florida, just go to Georgia. It's like... Right, definitely. I mean, it's, it's just like fucking trash. Anyway... Um, he raised, uh, Matt basically took over that congressional district and Don uh, raised that family, including his son, in their home in Seaside, Florida, which interestingly, I thought you might find um, uh, a bit of trivia, was the house from the Truman Show. So Matt was raised in the Truman Show house. That That's pretty bizarre. That He's got an animated face, kind of Jim Carrey-ish a little bit. Yeah, he looks like, I, I've seen him compared to a lot of the characters in the Black Hole Sun videos. You know, <laughs> yeah, we're like, I can see that. <laughs> like just kind of distended, weird faces. Um, Gates spent most of his early years and college years just shit faced, driving drunk, partying like a rich kid, partying like someone whose dad is a state senator, and doing that thing where, um, your room he like we always talk about that thing. It was a like an urban legend when we were growing up that, like, oh, your roommate in college dies and you get all A's. That actually happened to him, his roommate. Killed himself apparently, and he got all A's uh, as a result. Wow! Yeah, great movie by the way. Dead yeah. on campus. Yes. Oh, I thought that was um, uh, The Rock. <laughs> so he is a, a lightning rod for um, Trumpism and the attendant sort of controversy that comes with it. He, he's one of these guys. He's like one of these little kids that doesn't know the difference between the good attention and the bad attention, or doesn't care. He just like wants attention and he does get a lot of attention. Um, Mm -hmm. His rise, which coincided with the rise of Trumpism 
also coincided with this burgeoning friendship with another local elected official in Florida who shared a lot of his interests. And you can probably tell where this is going, Dave. There's a good story that sort of gives you an idea of what Gates' family is in Florida politics. And it has to do with this old political ally that they had who was um, who ended up becoming a rival of theirs named Ray Sansom, who once sat in the younger Gates' con- congressional seat, Florida Congressional District 1. So I-, I pulled this from Politico. I thought it was kind of funny. Sansom said his relationship with Don Gates, the dad, had already broken down before um, a scandal that sort of had this guy Sansom, then uh, a, a congressperson, a congressman, um, end up you know giving up on his uh, his own career uh, because he claims he was forced to fire Matt Gates. He told Politico he hired Matt Gates initially as his legislative aide, but then switched him to a job with the Republican Party. But after a period of three to four months, he fired the younger Gates because he failed to show up to work. He said Matt Gates told him that this was his time to not have to come to work so he could sow his wild oats. <laughs> Which... To me, is just an awesome way to like get fired from a job to say like, no, I I, I took this job because, um, you know, I was pretty sure you said I didn't have to come in or do anything. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great move. It's sure. a great move. Um, so who is he really, Matt Gates? You know, Dave, in the movies, how there's that guy, and you can just tell from the dialogue that they give him at the front of the movie. Like, oh, this is going to be the guy that fucks something up. Or, like, he is too sure of himself. And he's yeah. going to be, he's he's the cocky guy. Or he's the guy that's, like, the, the crew or the gang is trying to pull off the job. And they have a scam going or something. But th- there's there's always, like, one character or sometimes two characters. You know they're just going to fuck everything up. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Chris Penn in Reservoir Dogs? Wasn't perfect. Like that? Perfect. Yes. Yeah. You, yeah. Chris Well, no, it wouldn't have been Chris Penn. It would have been Michael Madsen, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I guess so. Michael yeah. Madsen was the guy where you were like, okay, well, he's a little unbalanced and, you know, yeah. he's going to fuck something up and he's going to he's going to be the one to kill to to kill the uh, hostage or to kill the yeah. the customer. Um, yeah, don't trust him. So those guys are Matt Gates and Joel Greenberg's spirit animals. That's who these guys are. At some point, they began this friendship um, where they also began using websites to quote unquote meet women. Uh, and these are the kind of websites that are they're sugar baby web- websites. They, they connect people who go on dates in exchange for gifts. Find you know you're very familiar with these. You've been doing these for years. Of course, yeah, it's my second hobby after podcasting. Your favorite thing to do is pay women to spend time with you. Yes, absolutely. Um, oh boy, this this <laughs> this friendship also served as a conduit for drugs, lavish after parties where. Other GOP elite would get fucked up and hook up with women who were inappropriately young and, in some cases, allegedly illegally young. They were riding on jets, doing double dates. Um, Gates was sending Greenberg cash via Venmo for dinners with women that he would spend the night with. And then Greenberg, the very next day, would be sending that same exact amount to the woman or the women. Uh, Again, also by Venmo. A large part of this story broke via Venmo. So... Gates had this habit also that is very charming of being on the on the floor of the United States House of Representatives and showing nude photos of women to fellow super cool dudes and uh, rating them with system codes for the type of conquest, applying points for different women and um, c- 
crucially girls, allegedly, again. Uh, mm. Just generally, like, really cool dudes rocking type shit. Sure. Yeah, um, this is this is like the main thing that I had heard about this guy, by the way. He was a classic dude who rocks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So as as part of his defense in the public domain, um, because he's been sort of getting, you know, torn apart and dragged for his involvement with Greenberg, his friendship with Greenberg, and a lot of the charges and allegations that are coming out of it, he released a statement, Matt Gates did, from the female staffers of his office saying that they had never witnessed a hint of impropriety, but the letter was not actually signed by a single woman that works for him. It was just kind of blank. Um, he went on Tucker Carlson's show with some very oddly specifically chosen legal language. And um, uh, I pulled an excerpt from from CBS here where they, where they were writing about that appearance. And uh, it said, in an interview with Tucker Carlson on March 30th, uh, Gates re- uh, referred to allegations that he had been photographed with child quote child prostitutes. He said the allegation was fake. The alle- that allegation had not been made public before Gates brought it up on Tucker Carlson. So wow. um, he just kind of went out there and said that. And also he said that he had never been photographed with child prostitutes. Uh, it, like and, and the way that he approached this whole interview was weird because he would say like i have not been near or within 10 feet of Mm. that woman this year you know like it was all very you know carefully chosen words probably for legal ramifications gates asserted that the alleged extortion uh because what happened is that he he makes the claim matt gates does that he and his father were actually victims of extortion and he asserted he asserted that the alleged extortion began earlier that month with a text message to his father demanding money in exchange for making sex trafficking allegations quote unquote go away according to the according to the gateses they received communications on march 16th claiming that the fbi had photographs of matt gates matt gates engaged in a sexual orgy with underage prostitutes the sender demanded money to help secure the release of robert levinson who had disappeared in iraq in 2007 and had already been presumed and declared dead proposing that President Joe Biden would pardon Gates as a reward for freeing Levinson. So Gates said his attorneys contacted the FBI, which he said informed them that Gates was merely a subject, not a target of an investigation. I love that distinction. Like, does that ever mean anything? I mean, right. like, I'm sure there's a million people who are like a subject of an investigation that end up going to jail. Uh, he claimed his father... Again, the older Gates, Don Gates, agreed to wear a wire to record the alleged extortionists. Gates sent Axios, who um, I guess reported on this, screenshots of text messages, emails, and documents outlining the alleged extortion scheme, which he claimed was being run by David McGee, a former federal prosecutor who had been a private attorney since 2005. McGee's law firm called Gates' allegation completely, totally false and defamatory, telling the Daily Beast that Gates was attempting to distract from the sex trafficking investigation, which really kind of holds up the more you read this. It really does seem like all of that extortion shit is cover. It's like smokescreen. It mm-hmm. probably, like none of it stands up. Um, at this moment, somewhere in Florida, Joel Greenberg, is it Joel? Yeah, it's Joel. <laughs> Joel Greenberg is cooperating with federal with the uh, federal investigators to try to alleviate this like huge sentence that's hanging over his head, and him his lawyer Greenberg's lawyer 
has said that in the process of his client cooperating, that Matt Gates should be very worried about what his client has to say. So um, I pulled this report from the New York Times, uh, the Orlando Sentinel, and others who have confirmed that Gates has become a focus, quote-unquote focus, of that investigation. This is from the New York Times. Mr. Greenberg began speaking with investigators once he realized the government had overwhelming evidence against him and that his only path to leniency lay in cooperation. Uh, he's met several times with investigators to try to, to try to establish his trustworthiness through the range of criminal charges against him, uh, including fraud, though the range of criminal charges against him, including fraud, could undermine his credibility as a witness. So speculation about Mr. Greenberg's cooperation began mounting last week after his lawyer and federal prosecutor both said in court that he was likely to plead guilty in the coming weeks. He has, by the way, remained um, outwardly claiming that he would be... Uh, that he would be pleading not guilty and that he was innocent. The Times goes on to say that Gates still denies the wrongdoing. He denies trafficking girls, flying women to the Bahama, which he's accused of, and other places. He's sort of lawyered up. He's doubling down on his MAGA credentials. He's positioning himself as a cancel culture victim, um, yeah, a victim right. of, of anti-conservative, anti-Trump, uh, deep state bias, uh, which is a predictable move. Probably the best move, honestly. So there has been some recent news that came out from old records that Joel Greenberg traveled on with taxpayer money uh, to meet with Matt Gates taking rental cars from Miami upstate. So more connections are sort of coming out every day about these two. Um, there's this unnamed woman, she's a woman now, at the center of the story, who at the time was allegedly 17 years old, uh, and she either had sex with Gates, was trafficked across state lines by Gates, had sex with him after that, or had sex with Gates and Greenberg, or was provided, this is all depending on like what story you read and when, uh, mm -hmm. or was, uh, it could have been provided to Gates by Greenberg, like they, he hooked them up. Um, again, this really depends on who's reporting you trust on which day. A lot of that stuff is murky, uh, but there is a lot of smoke suggesting that there is fire with regards uh, to the charges of pedophilia, and I'm not going to apologize for calling it that. I know she was 17, but it's pedophilia, um, mm -hmm. against Gates and Greenberg. So, Dave, we're going to see how things go for Matt Gates, Joel Greenberg. This case is going to move forward. Um, probably a lot more names are going to come out. The whole assorted Republican pedophiles, sex creep cabal that they're part of. Uh, right now, there are 33 pending charges against Greenberg, which is a pretty strong incentive for him to fuck over his buddy. Um, but for the next part of our story, we're going to shift gears a little bit. Do you have any thoughts or any questions about these fun characters before we, we leave them in our rear view mirror. I mean, my only question is, is for someone like Gates, like, is there other than aligning himself as a MAGA guy, is there any reason for anyone on that side of the aisle to, uh, support him at this point or to just let him just drop off the face of the earth at this point? Let me ask you, let me answer your question with a question. Do you think of the people who, the next time that Matt Gates runs, because he's a congressman, he has to run every two years. If he's mm -hmm. not in prison, he'll definitely run, I'm sure. He might run if, if he is in prison. Who knows? But he'll still pretty easily win Florida Congressional District 1, which is, again, basically an extension of Alabama. How many people who are aware of this stuff do you think in their minds are probably like, 
in their minds think, ah, eh, he's he probably did all that shit, but I'm not voting for a fucking Democrat. Versus how many people think like this is deep state lies, bullshit. He's being canceled, unfair, treated unfairly, whatever. Like, oh, how many people just don't give a shit? And like, maybe they just like him more because he did he he did all the fucked up shit and didn't get caught or whatever. Yeah, I know, absolutely. And there's probably a whole third section of people who think it's great that he's living the good life, you know, <laughs> and doing all this fun stuff. So fucking awful. Part three, the shills, Dave. Not the chills, but the shills. I want to ask you another question. Have you ever considered running for public office? And if you did, how would you do it? What would your platform be? How would you approach it? I'd rather die than... <laughs> that would be a good campaign slogan, though. Yeah. <laughs> David Rosen for Congress. I'd rather die. That would, that would be funny if I was a MAGA guy and that was my campaign. But just because I'm a MAGA guy, I get the I get the votes. You yeah. Because they're yeah. not going to vote for the Democrat. Because yeah. you've, you, you've run for that one district in Elko. That yeah. only goes red every two yeah. years. Um, so that was a useless response, but thank you. Uh, here in Florida, we do things a little bit differently. As I mentioned at the top, despite being this 50-50 state, the definition of the swing state, um, somehow, magically, the state legislature is always a Republican supermajority. The governor is always a Republican. The courts are always packed with conservatives. And most statewide elected offices are basically always in the GOP column with like very, very few exceptions here and there. It's so weird. It almost makes you wonder how. It's like flipping a coin a hundred times and it coming up heads every single time that you fucking flip it. Mm. Which, yeah, I mean, that makes sense for politics, but continue. <laughs> We're being kind of facetious about it um of course and sarcastic yeah. but there has been some increased transparency into the this mysterious electoral set of machinations that happen behind closed doors usually or uh don't see the light of day that often um there's been more cases of electoral fraud virtually all in the in here in Florida virtually all in the case of uh, on the side of republicans candidate fraud, voting fraud, media manipulation, gerrymandering, it it all plays some role in supporting the GOP stranglehold on a state that they probably shouldn't have a stranglehold on based on the demographics and just the raw numbers of voters. Um, the problem for the GOP, as I was thinking about this, like trying to figure out like what the chink in their armor is, because they've got a heavy suit of armor on Florida as it stands. But they've been doing this for so long, doing the electoral fraud, the candidate fraud, voting fraud, you know, manipulating media, calling people socialists, gerrymandering. It's it's almost down to letting people vote, letting Republicans vote by email. Like who the fuck has ever done that? But mm. get to do it here in Florida. Um, they've been doing it for so long and they've gotten so comfortable. They've kicked their feet up on the couch letting the nuts hang, leaving shit stains in the toilet, that they've gotten sloppy and they've gotten greedy. And that greediness and that sloppiness became very present in the 2020 election season. I should mm -hmm. mention that they 
only got this brazen. I said this. I said at the beginning of the show, I, I, I kind of want to keep the Democrats for their own show when it comes to this. But the reason that they were able, that the GOP was able to get this brazen about things is because the Florida Democratic Party is so feckless and weak. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what am I talking about? Exhibits A, B, and C of the GOP getting too comfortable in how they boss Florida and how some names, um, how they, uh, uh, exhibits A, B, and C of the GOP getting too comfortable in the way that they boss Florida. These are going to be some names that you definitely won't know, Dave. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to tell them to you. Cesar Alfonso, Alex Rodriguez, not the baseball player, uh, or any of the other famous Alex Rodriguez's and Justine Iannotti. So these are three individuals, Dave, who ran as no party affiliated candidates in the most recent state Senate races here in Florida. They ran on no platforms. They made no statements. They did not do any campaigning. Um, they sent some mailers, which we're going to talk about a little bit, but uh, for the most part, they didn't exist. They didn't show up to candidate forums. They didn't debate. They didn't make public appearances. They did nothing. They just put their names. They, they filed the however many, you know, a few hundred bucks it is to, you know, and got the requisite signatures or whatever. They did the paperwork to run and then didn't run, basically. Mm. So I want to focus on Alex Rodriguez for the purposes of our story because Alex Rodriguez, even though he only got a few thousand votes, he likely cost former state senator, now former state senator, Jose Javier Rodriguez, who was my state senator, a Democrat. Alex Rodriguez likely cost him his seat, and it's not by accident that that happened. Rodriguez, like I say, he was my state senator. He lost by 33 votes to a complete fucking moron. Just one of the most profoundly evil people that's here in Florida, who I mentioned earlier at the show, the founder of of Latinas for Trump, Ileana Garcia, who is now my state senator. So now I have Ileana Garcia as my state senator, a Republican who definitely should not be representing our, our like the basic, just based on the demographics of who we are and what we are in this area, in, in Senate District uh, 37. Like, she is not the right person. Um, again, she won by 33 votes. There were two people named Rodriguez on the ballot. One of them got a few thousand votes. And then the other one, the incumbent, I think it's fair to say, probably lost a few because of that uh, construction of the ballot. So the specific connection, um, these candidates, they're not like coincidental. They didn't just randomly decide to do this. You know, there's a similar story behind uh, Cesar Alfonso. There's a similar story behind Justine Iannotti, right? They were... Um, Justine Iannotti, for instance, is a white woman, but, you know, forget about what her name sounds like. They sent out a, they sent out a mailer with a black woman on it with her name to Mm -hmm. a primarily, you know, black, uh, district uh, or to a black, you know, precincts within the district and benefited again, the GOP benefited from all three of these people playing the role of spoiler and fucking up, um, campaigns that Democrats were running. Uh, So they're not coincidences. Um, And subsequent records requests and investigations and media reports after uh, in the aftermath of of the election day showed that there's this deep, long money trail that connects them 
with the Florida GOP. The specific connection is from this other name that is a little bit more important on the level of the Gates and the Greenbergs that you need to, that you need to remember. It's a GOP state senator, former GOP state senator named Frank Artiles, who is like this ham-faced Miami guy. I should have pasted his picture in here because he just looks like a like a like a rum ham. He looks like a big <laughs> rum ham. Um, yeah. young guy. He's, I think he's only like like forty, but he looks just I don't know like I don't know like a, like a like a like a like a pink pig just floating. <laughs> floating through the sky on a on a balloon filled with helium or something uh-huh. um but he's like a lot of these conservative cubans he's overtly racist he got caught spewing slurs in public in a restaurant he had to resign in disgrace a few years back after you know dozens and dozens of uh complaints and all of these different scandals that eventually the party got sick of having him around but he is still around He's a consultant. He does all types of sort of off-book work. He helps people with campaigns. He's a GOP operative. And he is the one who first approached Alex Rodriguez, uh, who is just some random dude living here in Miami, and uh, began to fund, it's come to light, um, and uh, began to fund his quote-unquote campaign. I only call it a campaign in the loosest possible terms because, again, the purpose of this guy was only to spoil Jose Javier Rodriguez's election day, at which succeeded. It worked. It happened. Um, and Frank Cartiles bragged about being the architect of this scam. He bragged about being part of it. Um, so this story is the story of the shills, and it brings us to our final act of the story, which is the singularity. Maybe you can tell where these two sort of broadly disconnected stories are 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 coming to a head. Uh, I don't I don't know exactly, but I just I, what I do know is that uh, everything just kind of works together in that shitty state that you live in. <laughs> <laughs> makes for things that just feel uh, just hopeless. But I I I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of it though. I'm going to rely, and this is going to be pretty quick because it's, it's, it's actually a very clear line that you can draw. For this section, I want to rely on the work of a really great local reporter, Glenna Milberg of WPLG, who's been reporting on the on these like straw candidates, these shills, since before it became national news, before the media even knew that it was going on. Um, and I'm just going to kind of pull up this, this thread that she did uh, where she drew the line. Um, this is Glenna writing back on April 12th. Congressman Matt Gates is now tied to shill candidates in a state Senate election. This thread shows that ghost candidate shows how that ghost candidate is directly connected to two South Florida shills we busted last November. It's in the money trail that le- that led to Frank Artila's arrest. Uh, by the way, also um, Alex Rodriguez was arrested, and they are both awaiting um, uh, awaiting I guess like the first phase of their trial the three shill candidates planted in the three florida state senate races last november are as we mentioned earlier uh i'm sorry it's kelso alfonso from district 39 in miami-dade alex rodriguez in district 37 and justine ainati in district 9 up in central florida who has funnily funny enough no picture because (laughs) she's never been photographed like nobody knows who this person is and she's just some fucking name um all three filed as npa no party affiliation 
did no campaigning, no fundraising, nothing. And yet they were backed by two political action committees, Dave, Our Florida and The Truth. Both of these PACs were created on the same day, October 2nd, one month before the election. And that's just the start. Both PACs have only one contribution and only one expenditure, and they're identical. The only contributor on the day after they opened up the PAC is to a company called Proclivity, which suddenly changed in Florida campaign records to show Grow United. So it used to say the name of this company that they paid, that they made a payment Mm. to as Proclivity, and then it changed somehow in the records, changed to Grow United. Both are untraceable companies registered in Delaware. Notice that she pulls, she has, you know, she posts the receipts, as they say, um, and has screenshots accompanying this from the uh, Florida Department of, uh, of Elections. Notice $370,000 went to our friend PAC, supporting the two South Florida Shield candidates, Rodriguez and Alfonso. $180,000 went to the Truth PAC, supporting that Central Florida candidate, uh, Iannotti. Two days later, on the 5th of October, both PACs made what would be their only expenditure. All of the money, $550,000 to the same Claremont, Florida printing company, that uh, to uh, the same Claremont, Florida printing company, advance impressions its owners are from miami the mom and stepdad of a gop strategist tied to both uh both packs the product she shows the flyers in the next tweet here are the flyers that they printed identical in graphics but for the shill candidates names they were mailed to the respective districts voters to make the shills appeal to democrats to siphon votes from the real democrats in the race all of whom ended up losing as a partially partly as a result so Back to Florida Congressman Matt Gates, whom the New York Times connects to District 9 Shill candidate Justine Iannotti. Shill schemes are not illegal in Florida. Illegal campaign funding is. That's how Miami's um, SAO, uh, State's Attorney's Office, charged Artilas and Rodriguez. No indication that the Central Florida SAOs are on the case with respect to Justine Iannotti. So there's this long money trail that goes from Gates to all of these shill candidates and ties all of this together and the Frank Artilas and the whole big plan with all of these other names that only very, very inside baseball, Florida politics people even know. Um, all of these names that are supporting and aiding and abetting and making this actual you know plan happen. Um, and I guess what I'm trying to say about that is like, First of all, it's very rare that it's all out in the open like this. Like, you don't usually see it out like this. I mean, like, it's there for you to find, but right, it's not just, like, right in your face. Um, I also have pulled this clip from uh, WFTV9 up in Orlando. Uh, the same article that we had talked about earlier about that couple that runs MAGA Advisory. Um, I'll just uh, I'll, I'll read straight from the article. Inside one of Seminole County's most el- exclusive communities... We, that being the you know WFTV9 reporter, we also tried to speak to former state lawmaker and lobbyist Chris Dorworth, who handled lobbying services for the tax collector's office through Powerhouse Ballard Partners, which is a, a law firm that all Republican um, candidates use down here, basically. Dorworth resigned from that firm last week following a report from the New York Times in which sources claimed Dorworth and Gates discussed helping a shill candidate enter the state Senate race 
eventually won by Jason Brodeur, who's a, a, the Republican that eventually ended up winning it. Um, so like I say, Dave, this is like that rare case where all the stuff that we kind of know and feel and believe and I guess maybe are like a little too cynical about, um, it's like right out there. Yeah. And I remember last, I don't remember if it was last week or two weeks ago when we did an episode and I was talking about like a, a big theme I'd like to try to like talk more about on the show is like how toxic self-deprecation can be because it mm-hmm. lowers expectations for everything and how we're like, oh, Florida sucks. Florida's corrupt. Florida's shit. Oh, you know, politicians, politicians suck. And it's just like, oh, we vote for all the bad people. We fucking suck. And it's just like, it abets hopelessness. You know what I mean? Like a story yeah. like this, it, it, it feels at one moment, it's like, it's gratifying. It's all laid out there in front of you. And you're just like, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Everything's fucked up. And then you're like, well, it's fucked up. What am I going to do? Yeah, it's hard to not feel that way with the way things have been lately. But I, I, I think you know a very strange positive is that it's always been that way, and so it's like it's it's not like it's a new thing. It's not like it, it's really not getting worse. It's just always been this way. It's just you don't always have uh, the means to track down all these connections and see all all these things crossing and all that. It, my question about this whole story that you're you're really like putting together here is uh how much of it is collaborative between these different factors of the Republican Party and how much of it is just different little pockets of corruption all happening you know well it's funny because the the impression that i get from reading all this stuff is that there are different cliques of um of the GOP in the state there is the more ascendant and I guess trendier or cooler group that you want to be a part of, which is the pedophile group, the groups of the, <laughs> the, 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 the pro-Trump pedophiles, who, by the way, all the anti-pedophiles save the children pro-Trump people. You're never going to hear them say a word about Matt Gates. Oh, of course not. No, they, you'll not never, you'll never, because that, because that, first of all, they'll probably acknowledge, they'll probably mentally acknowledge it, but they'll just say, like we said at the beginning of the show, like, oh, that's the deep state trying to fuck him over because yeah. he's saving babies quietly. He's dressing up as Batman and saving babies every night or some shit. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it. you try to read the tea leaves on some of this shit. Like, for instance, Donald Trump, like Gates tried to spend a little bit of his capital, I guess, his that he's built up by, you know, caping for Donald Trump all these years and, um, and, and have a meeting with Donald Trump recently. And Donald Trump canceled the meeting, apparently. And mm-hmm. there's some debate as to whether or not that happened. Because like, yeah, why the fuck would Donald Trump? Donald Trump didn't want to meet with you fucking freaks back when he was president. Like, you think he... The the biggest animating thing about Donald Trump, the, the animating factor about Donald Trump was how much he hated what he is, an outer borough, slick-talking, vulgar, you know, not meant, not fit for high society guy. And he yeah. spent he has spent his whole life trying to become a high society you know, uh, bell of the ball, like the guy that will actually, that, that people will, will, I don't know, in his, in his like addled brain, I wonder what he thinks that is like that, that like somebody pins a rose on him or some shit, but like whatever that is, people like Donald Trump have been sneered at by the elite, like assholes of Manhattan, outer Baroque people. They've been sneered at by the Manhattan elite 
forever. And they always will be probably because but like where Donald Trump created his mania was in trying to become accepted and not just accepted, but like trying to die. It's like a very like boring supervillain origin story. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I, I want these people to like me so bad that I hate them. And now I'm going to destroy them or something. But what doesn't factor into that whole fucking thing are, are rubes like Matt Gates and like, mm-hmm. and like Florida politicians who, you know, like, I think of like the 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 guy who was running for governor in um oh brother where art thou like like that like that like like a foghorn leghorn you know governor of of some fucking sh- shit halley state you know like who like Donald, the, the last thing Donald Trump wants is to spend a single minute with a single person that likes him yeah these people don't register at all whatsoever no, they're not they're subhuman to him he yeah. would if you gave Donald Trump a choice between hanging out with his 10 biggest fans from Florida and spending, you know, the same amount of time with uh I don't know, Anna Wintour who probably mm-hmm. fucking hates him. He would definitely rather hang out with Anna Wintour. Right. You know, or like, I don't know, Barbara Walters. Like, he would definitely rather hang out with Barbara Walters. I'm not even talking about an interview. I'm talking about just spending, being stuck in a plane next to his biggest supporter versus being stuck in a plane with, um, you know, Ricky Martin. I don't know. Like, any, like, (laughs) celebrity or anything. Like, he would rather be... Because just to be in the presence of the celebrity or or the high profile person means that he's winning. And yeah. there's nothing that says winning about the the demographic that supports him, unfortunately, for yeah. him. And for them. More for them, I suppose. Dave, there is a little epilogue to this. And I wanted to call the epilogue the ripples. So to call these scandals scandals or corruption is kind of doing them a disservice. Gates, Greenberg, the freaks that we talked about who ate and abet them the scum that benefit from the blanket Republican leadership in Florida, all of those shill candidates who go back to their job showing up where there used to be a blockbuster video and there just is like an empty building now and they stand there and then they walk home eight hours later. Like all these, all these people, they're all connected, but like the way that you mentioned it was almost like, like a conspiracy Mm -hmm. and it is conspiracy but I don't think it's in service of one person, no matter how much air in the room Donald Trump takes up in the Republican Party. I think that it's more like an ecosystem. And it's more like a like when you see an ecosystem that has figured out how to thrive really well, that's what Florida is. It's like when you see like, oh, I can see that if I come back to this lake in August, the bullfrogs are like, huge because they just ate and there's no there's no mosquitoes here because they spent the whole summer eating the mosquitoes and then you know the bullfrogs die and the 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 larva of fucking maggots birth out of them and that creates the mosquitoes (laughs) whatever like it's like this perfect circle right a virtuous a virtuous cycle as they say in business school um Mm -hmm. and yeah i i'm sure that there are people who benefit there are definitely people 
and corporations mostly who benefit. Um, but it's really more about keeping Florida as this test lab for the country and the world that these people want to create. So just look right now at our legislature and the issues that we're talking about here in Florida. Anti-trans prep, prep sports. We have a fucking pandemic still going on. Right. And the number one um, GOP item up until today that was, that is, was uh, making sure that, that, that trans girls can't play prep sports with other girls. Like yeah. they had to, they had to focus time to put that into a law. And now it's a law. Um, the anti-protest free speech law, which can be wielded the way that it's written in so many horrible ways. And it's going to have a really chilling effect in reality on the way that, that, that Florida works. Um, Florida, the voters of, of Florida have many times made it crystal clear that we love weed. And yeah. this episode's coming out on 420. So um, we want to be what you guys are. Recreational, easy to get, s- semi-regulated, but, you know, we are in favor of weed, like most of the country, like most people. Yeah. Um, but they continue to stymie that. Uh, state unemployment system went back down again last week. It's fucking broken again. Uh, gerrymandering. Probably going to happen again in a terrible way. Um COVID outcomes in exchange for an economic uplift that really isn't any different from other states. So like, I don't know, we, we sacrificed a bunch of people so that we could have like what one tenth of a percent higher unemployment rate or lower unemployment rate. Like was that worth it? I mean, it definitely wasn't. Um, Voter suppression laws that are mostly going to affect black and Hispanic communities. Uh, They just passed, uh, they're working on passing uh, a victims of communism day that's going to be like an official <laughs> an official um basically like an official day i guess to celebrate cubans and venezuelans and um nicaraguans i suppose who who are you know there are a lot of them here in florida particularly here in miami but i guess they need their own day uh that i guess would be a state holiday um Meanwhile, they passed a law that had an addendum the other day that officially, on record, denounced democratic socialism alongside fascism, which, as we all know, are two sides of the same coin, fascism Definitely. and democratic socialism. So yeah. um, the effects are real. It's, again, the breadth of these kind of things, you don't usually get to see them kind of laid out in a matter of a few news cycles strung together. The hot fucking news story right now is all this Matt Gates and Joel Greenberg shit. The Joel Greenberg story was one that was kind of firing in the background for um, a couple of years, you know, because you saw all those headlines where he was getting in trouble hand over fist. Mm. So I think it's remarkable. I think it's worthy of this Story Boys episode that, oh shit, exactly one hour. Um, I think it was worth uh, spending this this hour talking about this. There is one other thing I want to mention when it comes to the ripples. There's also media ripples and there's perception. There are narratives that get baked in where you, you read this, this article or the same story written seven or eight times by different people, different outlets and shit like that. And the big one that, that, that was coming out in the run-up to election day Politico wrote this, Washington Post wrote this, uh, you know, local media wrote this a lot, was like, hey, 
don't 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 underestimate the GOP. The GOP is working hard, putting in the phone calls, doing the field work, you know, making making it happen. Meanwhile, Democrats are stuck at home because they believe in COVID and they're not getting out. But meanwhile, the GOP, the the you know the the Trump canvassers are out there. They're doing the field work, and uh, you know, the, and and they would always be. They would read basically all of these articles, um, you know, political articles, Washington political and Washington Post. I think were the two worst offenders. Uh, another one, local website, Florida Florida Politics, like a state website about Florida politics, was really bad with this too. They would basically be rewriting a lot of press releases or relying on um, on like really specious data where it was like, oh, well, you know, the GOP has narrowed. You can find these stories, Dave. They're like out there where it's like the GOP has narrowed the registration lead with, with, with the Democrats. And it was a it was a battle of public relations. And then sure enough, it, you know, came to fruition. Donald Trump won Florida. Republicans, just like they always do, just trounced Florida and did and did great here. And you're never going to see all of those stories about the hard work and shoe leather and, and uh, canvassing and, and, and hours. You're never going to see all those rewritten press releases, all this bullshit that was fed to these reporters by GOP operatives like Frank Artilis. You're never gonna see uh, somebody come out and say, "Hey, maybe, um, maybe just outworking them and appeal." And like the other one was like, "Oh, they're appealing to uh, you know different just insert demographic here: Cubans, Blacks, whatever. Uh, the, you know, and um, the new Venezuelan voters and uh, the Nicaraguan voters who, by the way, can't fucking vote. Off the cuff bullshit stories that they're never gonna look back on and be like." Hmm, maybe we were fucking wrong. Maybe the GOP was just fucking cheating in yeah. between fucking teenagers. Like maybe like in the few minutes that they had in between fucking different teenagers, they were and going to cocaine parties and ecstasy parties. Maybe, just maybe there was some foul play and maybe I bought hook line and sinker this bullshit narrative about how they're just like working harder and out there you know sending to their lists and engaging their base and finding new new voters that shit pissed me off so much because at that time when you and i were doing bernie shit and we were like you know actually you know supporting bernie and then even in the aftermath of bernie dropping out like one thing i knew is that the gop wasn't fucking appealing to anybody Right. There wasn't some like they didn't have some magic bullet where people were just like loving them. There were some people who loved Trump. There were some new demographics of people who specifically loved Donald Trump. Um, but get them try to ask them one question about like what their conservative beliefs are, right? And see them right. just be like, be like Trump, because that's all that their conservative belief is is Trump. And yeah, you know. So I I, I just found those articles at the time frustrating. 10 times more frustrating in the days and weeks after the election when the reporters, um, the political reporters would be like, we tried to tell you, we tried to tell you that Florida was, that Democrats were losing ground in Florida. And then infinitely more frustrating now that all of this shit comes out and not one of them is out there saying, huh, I guess, I guess we really fucked that up. Maybe we shouldn't have just reprinted a fucking press release from the, the Florida Republican Party. Well, they are learning from those people's playbook basically so yeah. <laughs> they're 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 just playing the same tricks so the show always ends on such a fucking downer 
<laughs> we should have a segment where we say something about like what you can do, especially when we do the Story Boys episodes. Mm-hmm. What can you do? Call to action. What do we? What like? What can you do about this? Honestly, nothing. There's nothing you can do about this. No, no. This particular thing, there's nothing you can do about it. But I don't know. If I mean, the, <laughs> the absolute best case is trying to get you know friends or family or something to see that it's bullshit. But it's not going to stop it from happening, and it's not going to stop it from being printed. Here's a question, because the last question I'm going to get into, and this is the one that's going to get our show eventually canceled, because this is going to become my new bugaboo. Oh boy. This is going to be the thing that's going to eventually get all of our shows pulled off of all the platforms. We're going to get deplatformed for this. I'm going to Anchor, I guess. But it is. <laughs> yeah, where they allow anything. Then you're going to be guesting on like a, the, the fucking Nazi crocheting hour. Just do it. Whatever, whatever gets their numbers up. <laughs> um, I'm thinking specifically, I know you probably haven't had time to read through that new law that was just signed into effect today, but it really has me kind of more than pissed off, just like shook really about this, like this anti-protest legislation that, I mean, there's a million implications, but, and you can, the deeper you go into it and the more you like think into a game out the scenarios that it could present, the more chilling it becomes. But broadly it makes it where like, basically you can't protest in groups larger than nine um, otherwise police can just arrest you for no reason at all. And um, you also can, uh, if you get arrested for protesting, they will deem you a rioter. Um, you'll get extra harsh penalties in terms of like, you know, uh, registrations and being registered as a, as a um, you know, whatever. I don't know. There's repercussions down the road. Like you won't be able to vote, things like that. Um, and then, uh, on top of that, you don't get bail. So you're stuck mm-hmm. in jail until you're released. Um, so it, it's 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 horrible. And it's like that final boot on the neck where I think, and this is the thing that I'm concerned that if anybody ever started paying attention, we could very easily get completely canceled for. Within the body of a, a potential responses that we as people have to authority over us at what point does it have to become violence at what point do you, we really have to kill cops <laughs> i'm and I, I i'm saying it as a thought exercise uh. but i mean Tell me the things are fucked up. I think that people can agree that things are fucked up, that Florida particularly is a fucked up place that is in, that is being run by people who are, you know, who don't have its people's best interests at heart, except for very specific white people who live in very specific suburbs and have very specific lived experiences. But the majority of us were not well represented. Um, and if that's the case, if you're run tyrannically by... And I don't mean this in the like, oh, Hardee's wouldn't give me my, let me come in and eat my um, my bacon cheeseburger because uh, I, I, I refuse to put a mask over my nuts. I'd love to like free ball in public um, conservative shit. I mean like actual tyranny, not like imaginary tyranny, like, you know, pretend victimhood tyranny. I mean like really like 
again, not being able to gather and protest in groups larger than nine, that kind of shit, like real things. Um, Like you have to ask at what point do you defy the law? And then the next outcropping of that, the next sort of like logical step is at what point do you commit violence? Yeah. At what point does violence need to happen for there to be a te- the uh, appropriate amount of attention made to the issue? Yeah, well, I don't even know especially that after that law today. I mean, I I, I I I only see it going in that direction, but it's you know it's not good. <laughs> once they once say, things start, I mean, how do you put how do you you know put the cap back on? They like, say organize. They say campaign. They say vote. They say get out there, make your case. Um, the Democratic Party, the state Democratic Party isn't making it any easier. Like all, all the state Democratic Party can effectively do is talk about how not socialist they are. And they're not even effective at that because people still think they're fucking socialists, even though they're basically just fucking Republicans. Um, and at what point do you have to punch back? Yeah. The problem is that you don't have this, the apparatus of, this, of the, the states, you know, what the state uses to meet out violence. You don't have that, and as on 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 the left, you never will. So that was an episode of Story Boys, Dave. What'd you think? Uh, what did you learn? I I learned. Uh, well, I, I learned that there there's a lot of little bits and pieces of of weird, strange corruption going on in your state that all seem to play together in this strange interconnected thing and it's uh it it just goes to show that you you know there's no centralized thing that you can kind of fight back against so it just you know it just makes it all the more darker so put a smile on your face everyone yeah